Thank you for tuning in into the New Life Church Downtown Podcast. If you would like to get connected, follow us on Instagram at NLC Downtown Little Rock or email us at downtown.podcast at newlifechurch.tv. As Blake said, we're going to be kicking off our Life of Christ study. Um, and today I'm going to be telling you a lot about how that's going to work. But our text for this morning, if you want to turn to it, is going to be in Luke chapter 14, verse 25 through 33. 25 through 33. And, um, you know, we're going to be doing this Life of Christ study. And what I'm so excited about with it is that here's what I believe. I believe that if you commit to this study, it's going to take you about five to 10 minutes a day. Your knowledge of the Bible for everybody in here is going to double, myself included. But for some of you guys, it's going to be like 10x, the way that you understand the scripture, uh, the way that you're able to read it for yourself. And y'all, the church, the early church, and I, I don't want to get too far into a future sermon because I was thinking about this this morning and started writing the next few weeks of sermons, but I got to stick in this one this time. But uh, the early church, y'all, all they did, they, they didn't have all this, right? The The building of the church is not the church. It's just the place where we gather to walk through the things that God's teaching us as a community. It's the place that we get into the word together. It's the place that we laugh together. It's the place that we grow together. And so uh, you are the church. Everybody say, I am the church. You are the church. And so where you go, the church will go. The church will only go as far as you go. And uh, this semester, you'll, we've got a curriculum that you're going to be able to do with your kids, with your families, with your roommates. We have designed this for one-on-one connection. And so you can do this with more than just one person. Uh, but here's what every one of you guys can do. You can go through the study with somebody. And so if you're interested in trying to find a place to do that, like off the top of your head, you can't think of anybody, text the word CONNECT to 88000 and just say, hey, I want to find somebody to go through the Life of Christ study with, and uh, we'll help you find that. So here's what I want you to do to start out with, though. Okay, go to your phones. Everybody get your phone out. Cell phones. I haven't been going for 15 minutes already, have I? We got to count up. No, I haven't. <laughs> we we got to go from zero to 30. You know I can't. I'm not that smart. There we go. I got a timer in the back for everybody who's curious. Okay, go to your phone, go to your text messages, type in the phone number 501-200-3122. When you did it, say, I did it. Okay, then I want you to text the word. You guys can put that number up there, actually. We'll worry about the timer in a second. I've been up here five minutes. Yeah, give us the text. There we go. Uh, And then text DLR and hit send. All right, you're going to get a link that you can go to. And I want to ask everybody in here to sign up. Now, you're going to get a disclaimer within this. I wish that we didn't even have to put this disclaimer out, but we got so many emails and so many text messages. And so it's going to give you a disclaimer why we didn't design this app. Okay, this is a very secular app. And so they're asking, you know, what your gender orientation is and all those sorts of things. And so you're going to get a disclaimer within that. 
But the whole purpose of this is this is all gonna populate into a list that we have as a church. And so we can send you individual messages. We can send you updates, but here's how it's gonna work. You're gonna get a text every morning. And in that text, there's gonna be a video link where one of our pastors or uh, we've got a resident academic who's out of our Conway campus. You're gonna be getting a teaching, a three-minute teaching every morning. And then you're gonna be getting study questions and scripture readings. And y'all, I'm telling you, if you commit to this, you are gonna grow more in this next 90 days than you've ever grown in your faith in your life. And so y'all, this is a accessible study. You can invite people from work. You can invite people from anywhere in your life uh, to join you along with this. And I've got another announcement with it. Me and Callie were talking about it this week and we decided we wanna do it uh, every Wednesday night. Callie, you're out in the foyer, so correct me if I'm wrong on the time. Uh, Every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock right here, uh, we're going to be having a long-form teaching. And so once a week, there's going to be an 18-minute video. And so Wednesday nights at 7, we're going to have that up here. And the reason we're going to have it here is if you want to come in and connect in a group or find people to talk to, we're going to facilitate that here. And, you know, who knows? Maybe one of our worship leaders will come from time to time. We'll see. Uh, I don't want to make that promise. But I just know, y'all, I'm ready to commit. Everybody say commit. Uh, That is what my message is about today. The title of of my message is A Call to Discipleship. Um, there's a, a principle that goes throughout the Word of God. It goes all the way back throughout history, not just the New Testament, but also in Deuteronomy 6. It's the greatest commandment God gave to his people. Jesus, Jesus repeated himself in Matthew 22. It says, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your what? Mind. Y'all, the way that you think about God is vitally important to your relationship with him. We want to teach you how to think about God. Because y'all, it talks about in Ephesians chapter 5, the armor of God. Do y'all remember that in Sunday school? You got to put on the armor of God. What's the sword? The sword of the Spirit, which is the? It's the Word of God. Y'all, if you don't understand the word, you do not have a weapon against the plan of the enemy in your life. And if you don't think the enemy has a plan for you, he's, he's going to get you there. And you're just going to continue to fall into the same toxic thought patterns and life patterns. But if you have a weapon, y'all, God did not design us to live on the defense. You are the people of the almighty God. God designed you to live an offensive life, not an offensive life, an offensive life. And so I can't wait to get into it. Uh, Luke 20, sorry, Luke 14, verse 25. Luke 14, verse 25. Go to it with me if you can across the room. We'll have it up on the screens too. Here's what it says. I'm going to read a chunk of scripture. It says, A large crowd was following Jesus. He turned around and said to them, If you want to, meet, if you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else. Your father, your mother, your wife, your children, your brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you can't be my disciple. 
I want you to remember this is pre-resurrection. The cross was an instrument of death. So if you don't carry your own cross and die, that's what he's saying, and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. But don't begin until you count the cost. Everybody say count the cost. For who would begin constructing a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you might only complete the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone would laugh at you. They would say, there's the person that started that building that couldn't afford to finish it. Y'all, this is my greatest fear as a pastor. If you want to know what keeps me up at night, it's that somebody would raise their hand and say, I want to follow Jesus, and they would begin down the path, but they wouldn't finish their race. They'd just be an empty slab. You know, this semester, the reason we're doing this curriculum is we want to fight against that. We want to help you be a well-built house for all that God wants to do in your life. Verse 31, or what king would go to war against another king without first sitting down with his counselors to discuss whether his army of 10,000 could defeat the 20,000 soldiers marching against him? And if he can't, he'll send a delegation to discuss terms of peace while the enemy is still far away. So you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything you own. The message title for this morning is A Cost of Discipleship. Before we go into it, let's pray. God, pray that you'd be with us this morning. Jesus, we just honor you. Jesus, we just declare that you are the name above every name. God, that only your name does every knee bow, does every tongue confess that you're God. God, we pray that you would lead your church, that we would be your people. We're just humbled before you, Jesus. We declare that you're the king of the universe. and We want to know your plan. So God, I pray that you would speak this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. Uh, does anybody else in here love people who go all in for things? Yes. Uh, don't show it yet. I'll, I'll ask for it. <laughs> uh, I love to surround myself with people who like to go all in, okay? Right now, I've got three different text message streams about people who like to smoke ribs, okay? Uh, like, I just get into stuff. Like, if I get into something, I don't get in halfway. I go deep, okay? And so I love to get around people who are wired like that. If you look at my relationships throughout my life, there were people who were obsessed with WWE, WWF back in the day. Can I get an amen? Lemetria wherever you're at. Uh, yep. Uh, and then I got really into soccer and then all my friends were playing soccer with me. And then I got really into music and I had bands and, uh, you know, all my friends were doing that. And, uh, then I found Christ and I started orienting my life around that. And I noticed all my relationships were the people who were chasing after that with me. And, uh, a couple of the people that I met along the way, uh, it's Joe and Tessa French, uh, they like to get into things like uh, costume parties. Any, anybody in here into theme parties, costume parties? Maybe like in college, maybe you're a little past that now. Lisa Monroe, I know you've dressed up in some costumes, yep. Uh, Joe and Tessa go hard, as they say. Uh, here's a photo from about three or four years ago. Uh, that's Tessa dressed up as me, 
And so if you were around a few years ago, I always had all black in my Chelsea boots going on. And Joe is dressed up as Callie. All right. She used to do the top knot all the time, but that is going hard for a costume. Amen. You can take that down because <laughs> you won't hear another word I'm saying. Uh, y'all, it, it's interesting. I think sometimes as a culture, the entirety of our Christian life is lived in the 60 minutes we're in the church building. And I think that we've done a disservice as the church at times by not challenging you to more. Because, y'all, this is not the Christian life. (laughs) That is not what this is. This is a place where we gather, where we get encouraged, and we get direction. What you do outside of this building is your Christian life. And and, and in the South in particular, y'all, we have gotten ourselves in trouble where we've made church attendance the prerequisite for being a Christian. Y'all, that is not what Jesus' focus was. Now, you'll notice in in Luke 14, it says a large crowd. A what kind of crowd? A what kind of crowd? A what kind of crowd? A large crowd followed Jesus, but Jesus wasn't focused on the crowd. You'll here's the truth. Where God is moving, people will gather. Where God is moving, people will gather. But Jesus didn't count the crowds. Jesus was focused on disciples. Everybody say disciples. See, if you look at the scripture, the term Christian is used two or three times, depending on what translation you look at. But the term disciple is used over 200 times. Over 200 times. And disciple, I don't know how else to say it. It, He's not describing cultural Christianity. He's not describing what you check when a census comes out. He's describing giving your entire life, giving everything to follow Jesus. The truth is, is that Jesus gave us challenges. When he said, take up your cross and follow me, he's saying the cost will be great. And my conviction as a fellow Christian is that we often don't count the costs. You know, we love the song in church, I Surrender All, right? I surrender a little bit, (laughs) right? That's not what it is. It's not I surrender 75% or 85%. You know, we believe the call of following Jesus is the call to surrender all. Y'all, Jesus is not asking you for something. Jesus is asking you for everything. Y'all, who, who in here wants to see God move in the ways that they read in the scripture? Y'all, I left church at 17, 18 years old. It wasn't long. It was about two or three months. Because when I read the Bible and then I went to church, I didn't see the, the same things. I didn't see what I read about. I didn't see lives being transformed. I just saw social club. And honestly, I wasn't interested in that. I was having more fun. Uh, going out, you know, and doing the other things. I didn't sign up for social club. I signed up for a totally new way of living. And I believe that this is what Jesus has called us to. He's not called us to give up something. He's called us to give up everything. And in doing that, we will live an abundant life. We will live a full life.
It's in that that God turns everything to good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Amen? But y'all, I read this this morning. If we want biblical awe, we have to have biblical devotion. It talks about in Acts chapter 2, it says that they met, they broke bread together, they had communion, they worshiped together, they were in each other's homes, and awe and wonder fell on every soul. Y'all, if we want biblical awe, we have to have biblical devotion. Y'all, Jesus went all out for us, and he's calling us to go all out for him. And I believe that this season that we're in, I believe the way that God is turning us to good is that he is waking us up as the church and he's saying, hey, crowds on Sunday mornings, you know, that's, that's good and all, but I, I want more. You know, if we want more, we've got to give more. Amen. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about growth. Salvation is free, but growth will cost you. Salvation is free and growth, but growth will cost you and it will cost you everything. Does anybody in here want to grow? I want to grow. You know, college football felt like it was finally back yesterday. Anybody else watch football? My wife was so pleased with the amount of football that I watched yesterday. Uh, I'm a Georgia Bulldog fan. Praise God. By God's goodness, I was born in the state of Georgia. Uh, But I actually went to Ohio State uh, for a little while. I lived in Columbus for a number of years. And uh, no offense, Ohio State fans, no couple in the house. Uh, but I had never seen fair weather friends, like fair weather fans like I experienced in Columbus, Ohio. You know what I'm talking about? Like if the Buckeyes are up, everybody's a fan. If the Buckeyes are down, people are like, ah, I don't care, you know, whatever. Hogs fans, the true ones are just bleeding right now, right? Every fall you're just bleeding. <laughs> Yo, God is not calling us to be fair weather fans. Yo, a fair weather fan, when, when things are not great for them, when things don't feel good for them, they leave. Y'all, Jesus is calling us to be devoted disciples. Devoted disciples walk with him through every season of life. Why? I want to echo what Peter said. Jesus turned to him and he said, are you going to leave me too? A lot of the disciples had left. And he said, where else would I go? Because here's the truth, y'all. There are so many things that you can run to in life, but I have not found anything that will keep me fulfilled like following Jesus will. Nothing has fulfilled me. Nothing has satisfied my soul, y'all, and I have gone after a lot of things. Can anybody else testify to that? Everything else that I throw my life into has left me thirsty. Everybody say thirsty. But following Jesus, just like the woman at the well, it's the well that never runs dry. It's the way that he keeps us full. But... We've got to be devoted. So here's the question. Are you 100% committed to the Lord in your life? Like, are you all in? Are you devoted with Jesus with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind? Y'all, God is calling us to be committed like never before. He's calling us to our best days, but he has to be first. Everybody say first. Greatest command, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. I think that we've put the second command first. We've put the first command second. 
I think our culture is obsessed with our culture's idea of what love is, which really it doesn't, it means we don't challenge people. It means we say, whatever you want to do, that's okay. But that's not love. True love challenges people. If you want true love, get in relationship with Blake and Ashley Polston, right? M18 residents. Because they're going to challenge you. Why? Because God loves you where you're at, but he loves you too much to leave you there. You don't see a kid in a mess and leave him in the mess. You help clean him up. That's what God wants to do in our lives. But I think the thing that keeps us from that is that we don't put God first. If God is first, he's the authority in our life and he leads us and he guides us. I want to give you a scripture I've been reading every morning this week. I just felt like God drew me to it. It's a a scripture that you're going to be super familiar with. Psalm 23. This is putting God first. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Anybody in a season of transition where things are just a little weird? Welcome to the rest of your life. (laughs) Transition is a reality of life, but the Lord is my shepherd. No matter what is happening, I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort and protect me. And you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. Y'all, I've been resting in this verse. Why? Because when we give God everything, this is what he leads us into. He leads us into contentment in any and every season. No matter what faces you, he is with you. We don't have to be afraid. And no matter who opposes you, God will prepare a feast for you in the presence of your enemies. That is the promise of Jesus. That is the promise of walking with God. You know, there is a whole world out there who does not like you because of what you believe. There's spiritual opposition, but then there's human opposition as well. But God wants to lead you through it. Amen. Disciple, what's that term mean? It means that you are learning how to live from Christ. To be a disciple of Christ means you're learning how to live. Y'all, everyone is being instructed by someone. Everybody in here, you're being discipled by someone whether you know it or not. You're being discipled by the music that you listen to. You're being discipled by your peers, by your family, your teachers, the culture. Can I get an amen, somebody? Someone is teaching you how to live, how to think, how to make decisions. But if you call yourself a Christian, a Jesus follower, that means you get to be a disciple of Christ. That means you get to bring him every aspect of your life, submit it underneath him, and he's going to reteach you how to live. Y'all, this is a lifelong process. What gets so many young Christians in trouble is they think it's a one-and-done thing. No. Discipleship is something that we do through our entire lives, and this is why we are studying the life of Christ. Because if we want to live like him, we've got to know what he taught. If we want to live like Jesus, we've got to know what he taught. And listen, walking with Jesus is so much better than just not doing bad things. It's so much more than that. If that's all you think it is, buckle up. There is so much more to the life of Christ. So 
What is the call of discipleship? Number one, it's a call to be dangerous, not distracted. It's a call to be dangerous, not distracted. Do you have any friends who push you to do crazy things in life? I was sitting trying to rack my brain for who that friend is, and I realized that I am that friend. That, that is usually the role that I play. Callie, last night, Georgia likes to climb. You guys watch me. I let her climb up the steps. I let her climb everything. And so we got her this little scooter, and so she likes to, like, get on top. So it's got a place where she can sit right now and drag herself along. She likes to get on top of it and then stand out on the very top of the scooter. And every time she does it, I cheer, right? I'm like, go, girl. Let's go. We're climbing, you know. And Callie turned to me, and she said, we're going to spend so much of our life in the emergency room if you don't quit encouraging her to do these things. She was like, I want her to be brave, but I don't want to spend her whole life in the ER, right? Y'all, I believe that there's something in that where God's pushing us and saying, hey, take a step. Take a step towards something that maybe scares you a little bit. Now, is he, is he calling us to be reckless? I don't know. <laughs> maybe. There's some pretty reckless statements in the Scripture. If you came to me and said, I want to follow Jesus, and I echoed what he said to the rich young ruler, <laughs> said, okay, sell everything you've got and come serve at the church. We'll figure it out. You'd be like, that dude is reckless, right? There's a story, one of my favorite stories. It's in uh, the book, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And are you all familiar with this story? Some of you guys. Uh, basically, these kids had gone into... Uh, this world. They'd stumbled into this world called Narnia. And uh, in Narnia, there was a witch who had caused an eternal winter on the land. And there was these echoes of this king, this good king named Aslan. And Aslan was a great lion. And the kids, when they first saw Aslan, they said, he looks terrifying. He's an enormous lion. And they asked the people they were walking with at the time, they said, he, he looks terrifying. Is he safe? And I love this reply. It's one of my favorite lines. I said, of course he's not safe, but he's good, and he's the king. Jesus will not lead you to safety. Jesus will lead you to life. Jesus will lead you to purpose. Jesus will lead you to a mission. But if your goal in following Jesus is just to be safe, you're not going to find what you're looking for or you're going to walk away from him. I'm not saying he's not our protector. He's our protector. But he's a wild lion. He's not safe, but he's good. And he's the king. Luke 9, 23 through 24. Then he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. Yo, when did we start believing that God wants to send us to safe places to do easy things? When did we start believing that? God wants to send us to safe places to do easy things. Yo, it is time to quit living as if the purpose of life is to arrive safely at death. We've got to quit living that way. God has so much 
more for us. The Christian life is a sacrificial life. And listen to me. Write this down. If, you, if it costs you nothing, it's not sacrifice. You know, I, I wonder if sometimes, gosh, oh, this, is, this is tough. I wonder if sometimes as, if we as the church, and I'm not talking about church leadership, I'm talking about the people of God, all of us. If we as God's church think that we're following Jesus, but in reality we're, we're inviting Jesus to follow us and saying, hey, just tag along. My life's pretty good. Like, bless what I do, bless my world, bless my endeavors. Y'all, there's nothing wrong with asking God to bless you. But if that's your entire faith, that's a narcissistic relationship with Jesus. That's a you-centric relationship with Jesus. And think about that. If we believe what he said about himself is true, is that he is God before time. And we're telling him, we're directing him, All of our spiritual life is, God, bless me. God, do this for me. God, do this for me instead of, God, let me see your glory. Let me see your majesty. Let me see your face. Let me know you. This is where we're going as a church. I want to know God. I want to see God. And I want to walk with people who want the same thing. Are you all with me? I don't want to settle. I don't want to settle. I want to walk towards what he's got for us. Well, the most dangerous question you can ask is, what do you want me to do with my life? That's a dangerous question. That's a dangerous prayer. We talked about that in February. But you know what's more dangerous? Not asking that question. Okay. I said we're called to be dangerous, but not distracted. Here's the truth. Many of us are too distracted to be dangerous. It's not that we don't desire this sort of life, it's that this thing won't quit going off, right? It's that every time we try to do our U version, we get a text or we get a phone call. Or for, you know what it is for me? This is my number one problem. Y'all hear me? I'm not, I'm not condemning you. I am confessing. I like to read forums. I like to read Wikipedia. I just, I'm sitting there, I'm trying to focus, trying to do my sermon prep. The next thing I know, I'm doing research in Alexander the Great. I don't know why. Just distracted. And sometimes it's good things. But God wants relationship with us. Y'all, if we are too distracted, we will not be sharp. We will not be dangerous. Amen? Number two, we got to be intentional. i got to speed this up. Okay. We're going to go a little long this morning. Y'all good with it? Even if you're not, I've got the microphone. Uh, number two, got to be intentional. Uh, you will not wake up one day and just say, I'm all in for Jesus. I woke up today. Why? Because even if you do that, that's just a feeling. That's not a commitment. Commitment is shown over time. Commitment, our, our, our feelings are fleeting, y'all. The Holy Spirit leads us to salvation. Remember, salvation is free, but growth will cost you. You know, in my relationship with my wife, uh, I can tell when I'm not being intentional. Husbands in here, you can tell. There just gets this distance. There, my wife is a way better Christian than me. 
I'm just telling you. She challenges me all the time. I have to be intentional in my pursuit of her because we, we have a kid now, right? Parents, y'all know what I'm talking about. We're busy. We've got things going on. If we don't set time aside and figure out how we're doing, we're going to drift apart. And y'all, we've done it. Callie and I have done lots of marriage counseling. Why? Because I'm an idiot. I need help. Losing weight. Y'all, anybody who's ever done it, you're not going to do it on accident, right? Why? Because your body craves salts and fats and things that are terrible for you. (laughs) Because thousands of years ago, we were hunter-gatherers. Those things kept us alive, right? It's not going to happen on accident. Prayer and fasting, none of you are going to fast on accident, all right? Not going to happen. Y'all, I believe God's calling us to jump in the deep end. You ever go to the pool and you just dip your toes in and it's terrible, right? And so you just kind of ease in and it's horrible the entire way. This move, y'all know what I'm talking about? (laughs) How much better is it when you just jump in? It's always better. It's scary, but it's better, right? You're going to start having fun a lot quicker if you just jump in. Doesn't mean it's not going to be cold. It's going to be cold. But here's the truth, y'all. There is a pain that comes with discipleship. There's another C.S. Lewis story um, where one of the kids in Narnia uh, had turned into a dragon. It's a long story. So just go with me. And he came to Aslan and he basically said, can you heal me? He said, I can, but it's going to hurt more than anything that you've ever experienced. This was an illustration of this kid's sin in there. He was greedy. He'd stolen a dragon's treasure and become the dragon, right? You see the, the connection to our sin would become what we fall into, right? And so Jesus said, I can, cut it. I can, I can change you, but it's going to hurt more than anything you've ever imagined. And Aslan began to claw and begin to claw deeper and deeper and deeper. It says it was excruciating. Deeper than he ever thought he'd have to claw. But in the end, he clawed through the dragon skin, he got it off of him, and he became a boy again. You know, the, the truth is, is that if you walk with Jesus, he is going to change you. <laughs> and that pain can last a really long time, and you can ease in and, ease, and just jump in. Just jump in, and it's going to be uncomfortable, but he's going to grow you, he's going to change you, and he's going to bring you into your purpose. Number three, it's the call to be spiritual. You know, there's a difference between being a crazy person and having God's perspective. Do you all know what I'm talking about? You ever meet some Christian, it's like, you're crazy. Like, you're not on planet Earth right now. The truth is, is that these two things can look similar. But one is rooted in emotion and and me. And the other one is rooted in faith and it's rooted in God. And it's not always going to look right to the people around you. You I've had family members who have told me the direction you're going with this church. That seems like too much to sacrifice. You should find a church that's going to do more for you. It doesn't always make logical sense. 
But in the spirit, it doesn't always. Y'all, in the kingdom of God, it's not always going to connect, y'all. In the kingdom of God, everything is upside down. Our reaction, think about the way that we do business in the world, right? It's dog eat dog. I've been in it. If you want to get ahead, whoever's in the position you want, you either have to be better than them or you have to cut them down, right? In the kingdom of God, we love our enemies. We bless those who persecute us, bless those who come against us. Jesus said the greatest sermon ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount. The beginning of it was the Beatitudes. He, put, he said, blessed are the poor. Blessed are the meek. Not people who show their strength. Meekness means a, a sword that is sheathed. It's someone who has strength, who has that power, but chooses not to wield it over other people. That is not the way that our world works. This is what God is calling us to, y'all. This is the abundant life that God has for us, and it's not always going to make sense. But it'll be full. It'll be good. Peter illustrated this perfectly. He chopped off a soldier's ear, right? They were coming to arrest Jesus. He pulled out a sword, cut his ear off, and Jesus said, what are you doing? Later on, a few chapters later, Jesus called Peter Satan and told him to get behind him. Why? Because he was rooted in doing the things the way the world does. Peter was telling him, don't go to the cross. Don't be crucified. What are you thinking? Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap for me. You are searing, searing, you are seeing things merely from a human view, not God's view. God is calling us to a new way to live. And here's the whole point of my message. Let me, let me bring it home here. Is this is a season of consecration. Consecration means preparing yourself for the things that God wants to do. We're in a season of preparation, y'all, because I believe the best days of the church of Jesus Christ on planet Earth are in front of us. I believe God is gonna do things that we have never seen him do things that we have always believed for. I believe that we're gonna see things that make us live in awe and wonder, but it's gonna start with consecration. It's gonna start with us devoting ourselves fully to the teachings of Jesus. Listen to me, devoting ourselves fully to relationship with each other. Can I be bold? Do I have your permission? Some of y'all look nervous, that's good. Some of you guys, you don't have strong relationships within the church. There could be reasons for that. You could have full relationships outside of the church or maybe you're just nervous to step in. You know, God is calling us to commit fully to each other. And so my last challenge is this, is who are you going through the word with? Who knows you? Who are you walking with? Who are you experiencing the life of the church with? Because you'll notice it didn't say that the early church were off in a desert alone and all in wonder fell over them. No, they were eating bread. They were together. They were experiencing life. They were sharing with each other. They were committing to the teachings 
of God and they were praying. Y'all, that's where we're headed. We're gonna pray. We're gonna read the word. We're gonna break bread together. And I believe we're gonna grow. Amen. Hey guys, Pastor Bronson here. Just wanna say thank you for listening in. Uh, Our hope and our prayer is that this podcast equips you on your walk, your journey with Jesus. And so please like, subscribe, share, help us spread the word. We love you.